0: Hello wallah! Welcome to Jordan's Mosaic Podcast. I'm Lina, a Jordanian tour guide, and I will walk you through the rich history, vibrant culture, and hidden gems of this small yet enigmatic country. So, whether you're sipping coffee or tea or anything in between, join me to discover Jordan's landscapes, stories, and flavors. It's time to embrace the real Jordan. Yalla. As a female tour guide, I get a lot of questions from my groups and other tour guides groups. They always ask about how safe Jordan is for women, especially for solo travelers. I also like always give my opinion, but sometimes it would not be as convincing because I'm from here. I know a lot of people. If I get into trouble, if I need any kind of help in any city in Jordan, I know a local person who could help me. So I have asked a very amazing guest to join me today so that I would be more convincing or I would sound more real uh, by sharing also her experience. Elena, would you like to introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about your life here in Jordan. You know, just give us an idea, please.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm very happy to be here today. Lena already said, my name is Elena. And uh, I'm half German, half Greek, but I grew up in Germany, very much so in a Greek household with my mum. That was um, definitely something that kind of is an important aspect to know about me, maybe, which is also why I feel so comfortable here being in Jordan, because I noticed so many similarities between the two cultures and just like the way of being, the way kind of humans interact, which is for me one of the most important kind of aspects when I travel I think. So after high school I roamed around for like two years and I ended up staying in Lebanon for almost seven months. Wow. And uh, I basically lived there in a small town like an hour away from Beirut Mm. and it was in Shouf. Okay cool. Yeah. cool. It was just like very very slow living basically. It was also during COVID and just like being surrounded by beautiful nature and scenery growing our own food and vegetables, being like very close with the, with the locals and the people who lived in this town since generations. So that was amazing to have that kind of experience and to be kind of so welcomed in that town, even though it's like a very traditional Druze town where kind of structures have been passed on over generations. Yeah, and then kind of I fell in love with the area and I was like, okay, if I have the chance to go abroad again for a longer period of time, I will definitely come to this area. And um, that's basically what happened. So I started studying architecture in 2020, no, 2021. And in our university, what the great thing about this is that we have to do an exchange semester. So one of the partner universities was here, the German Jordanian University in Amman. I applied and I got in. Kind of like it was just amazing. I I feel like now I do really feel comfortable here. Cool. <laughs> Alhamdulillah.
0: So how long have you been here already? I've
1: been here. I, ca- I
0: arrived at the beginning of September. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. now we're in. So it's, it's been like almost two months. Yeah. A bit more. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah a bit more. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, two and a half months maybe. Yeah. Cool. And you visited here. So during those visits that you've done after high school, you came to Jordan. It, was that pretty much was it that, that was
1: I came to visit friends of who did the same thing as I am. Cool. Um, Last year in December. So I was here last year in December for like two and a half weeks. And um, I got to see most of the kind of the things like Petra, Wadiram, Ohek. Of course. I applied to beforehand, before I came here, but I didn't know that I was I got accepted yet. So when I got accepted, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing because I already know kind of a little bit about the city. I know what to expect, maybe. I actually live at the same place where my friends used to live. Cool. So like everything was already familiar in a way. Good. And nothing completely new, which was very comfortable. But at the beginning, when I arrived here, knowing that I'll be staying here for six months was a different thing. was a completely different thing yeah. because it was just like, okay, I'm not here for a holiday. I'm living here now. So <laughs> yeah. I have to kind of stock up on food. I have to kind of know my way around. I have a routine to build. I have to go to university. I have to pay my rent. <laughs> yeah. And exactly kind of like finding your way around in a new country. It's always
0: kind of a new thing, which is it's also part of the excitement, right? Definitely. I've lived abroad before and I know exactly how you feel it's different to a holiday. A holiday, you're there. you just enjoying you're having fun. Everything's planned. You already booked a, your stay. You're not exactly. going to worry about, you know, finding the right place, even if it was like not the right area or whatever. I, I, you don't care. It's just there for two weeks or something. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But when it's long term, all of the like lots of things actually would be there, like, in your mind, wondering how to fix this. How how should I, you know, how should I find my way around? I I need to be safe. Did you feel ever that probably, were you worried before you, maybe the first, even the first um, visit to Jordan, were you worried about feeling, like, probably not safe as a female here in Jordan, or...? I mean,
1: actually, no. I think one of the reasons why I did feel safe is that I knew people here already, you know, and also Jordanians or like people who speak Arabic. So I knew that if anything would have happened to me, I would have someone to call. Yeah. And I think one thing that I noticed also now, like in the beginning of my kind of two years travels, I didn't know anyone. Mm, Yeah. And my kind of treasure in my back pocket was always staying in hostels. So to get to know people and these kind of contacts accelerate to a degree that is insane to imagine almost. And that's how I travel nowadays. So basically I've made my group of friends, my contacts that kind of now spread all over the world, alhamdulillah. And um I go and see them now basically. And I have someone that I know at least one person in the country that also interests me. That's amazing. Which is amazing, right? And such a privilege also at the yeah, same time. I agree. So yeah, basically I didn't feel unsafe coming here whatsoever because I knew that I have a backbone.
0: Good, okay, perfect. And let's discuss about solo travelers. So maybe some females are listening to this Mm -hmm. episode or are planning to come to Jordan and they're wondering whether it's safe or whether it's suitable for them Mm -hmm. as females to come here. And, you know, especially when they're alone, Do you have any advice? Do you have anything to let them know?
1: So, I mean, being a woman in general is like exposing, I would say. Anywhere you go in the world is like, okay, you're a woman, okay. I don't know, I don't want to make it like too, maybe too political, but somebody recently told me of, of a quote in the early 20th century of a woman saying, men have their rights, but nothing more, and women have their rights, but nothing less. And I think that's kind of the put it quite good for me to the point of like, okay, there are inequalities. Let's not lie about that. There are inequalities on all levels, everywhere. And how women are perceived by most societies is something that is an ongoing fight. And the reason maybe I didn't feel so comfortable here in the beginning was, you know, being exposed on the streets by mostly men. You know, I walk on the streets, like 90% of the time, it's, it's men, especially during the evening, kind of, and also during daytime, of course. And um, of course, there are situations where you get catcalled out of the window or somebody talks to you and tries to kind of flirt with you or like try and lean, you know, towards you. And it's, it's a practice of like, at some point now, I don't even hear that anymore because I've gotten used to it, which is also kind of kind of an issue, Right. So, part of the problem that I have to get used to that, I would say that, for example, like I had this kind of thought in my mind, and I talked about this with friends also, with female friends. And um, I was saying, like, honestly, like here during the night, even though like the streetlights are dim and there's not really like much kind of streetlights going on, like as I would say in Europe, I still feel safer because even though I get catcalled or like somebody will try to talk to me, I know that. It'll remain as that because the culture is like that and the culture doesn't give kind of the space of anything to happen to me, you know, and I know that if I go down a dark alleyway, let's say in the night, which would be kind of naive to do also, but let's say and somebody would approach me and I would, I would feel kind of, you know, something would tighten up in me. I would feel unsafe. If I would scream, I know that somebody will hear me and somebody will react. And I don't have that security in Germany. Like I don't pretty much 100% that if I go down a dark alleyway in Germany and I would scream, nobody will even look out of the window. And thus, like, I feel safer here than in Germany, for example, in
0: that sense. This is a very Jordanian and probably Arab thing. Because if uh, so, men always feel the need to protect right women. So I know like there's a percentage who would, you know, Say things to you through the window or something of the car that's already moving, right? Yeah, exactly. Those are not the best example of men in Jordan. And they're normally teenagers or probably not very mature men, I would say. Totally, 100%. And it happens. I really feel sorry because you heard those words and it shouldn't happen. But at the same time, I know as a female who grew up here, I know that a lot of men. Would be there to help, even though if they don't know you, and if you shout, if you you know, God forbid, this hopefully never happens. But I know it doesn't have to be you shouting in a in a dark alleyway. It could be anywhere. If you need any sort of help, I know lots of men because that's how men think of them as men. Exactly, think of themselves as men. I am a real man. I help women. It's deep in our culture Mm -hmm. as well because. Otherwise, they would feel, oh, I saw a woman, I can, I didn't help her. And even his circle would be shaming him. Oh, you didn't help a woman who needed help. Right, okay. Right. Yeah, so it's a very, you know, it's a very um, cultural thing. And you're right. Like sometimes I would end up in the middle of the desert when I would be in Wadi Ram. Oh, somebody would be like, oh, let me introduce this. let me show you how beautiful the stars are at night. I'm like, ah, oh, I don't know how safe this is. Cause like, it would be just you and me right? sometimes, but I know like even in the desert and nobody's going to hear you if you scream, but I know like if you're like men normally would not put females in that position because they always think of their sisters and they always think of their mothers and it's always a saying like if you think that even if, if you shame the people who are talking through the window if you just tell them would you want your sister to hear this and they definitely would say no So it's just always comparing this to their family, to their own family member who, of course, they want to protect the most, of course, course, right? So you wouldn't want your sister to hear anybody calling her from the window. So if you just stop that person, don't do that. (laughs) But like, I wouldn't want you to interact that much with immature people. But if a man saw them and asked them this question, they would definitely say no. Right, right. It's a very cultural thing. Yeah. So like, oh. I wouldn't want this to happen to somebody I know, a female I know, and I should protect, so I shouldn't be doing this to right. any female. Right. And the need to help and protect females is very high. It's very strong here. Yeah. It's
1: very strong. I can, I, I feel that definitely. That's yeah, that's yeah, good. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's yeah, good to yeah, hear it from your yeah, perspective as yeah, well because yeah. probably, it, especially if you don't speak the language, you might not know what's happening, but people would definitely be be there if right. you need anything. So that's, right. that's also something to keep in mind for people coming. Totally, totally.
1: No, it's interesting because I live in a house in Jabal Amman um, with also mostly, we're all expats basically, either also studying at the university or working as an internship somewhere. We're mostly women, which is also interesting. It's like over 50% with girls. But there are two guys living in my house. And it's interesting that, you know, coming from Germany, they're not used... In Germany, you don't have to be a man, you know? It's like you're allowed to be... You know, to take a step back. And I think they've gone quite accustomed to that. And it's interesting that sometimes when like we're like two, three girls and there's one guy with us and the guy, like we get, you know, we're in downtown and somebody tries to talk to us or tries to sell us things, whatever. and we just like kind of get into a conversation at some point we just like want to move on or like he tries kind of to lure us in. And sometimes we're just like, okay, for once, like be the guy <laughs> and say so just like, say something because, his voice in that moment is stronger than of any of our voices, yeah. and I'm sometimes I got a bit like mad at them of like not just like standing up and saying like just like you know just just you're a man just like take advantage of that for once you're allowed to <laughs>
0: use your voice <laughs> <laughs> use your voice yeah if a Jordanian man
1: was there okay. that would be a completely different okay. situation I think I don't even know if we would be in that situation in the first place you know
0: <laughs> yeah th- this is um, This is really funny because, so my perspective is the opposite. I grew up around these kind of men who I know would interfere and help, even though if they don't know me, even if I'm in the street. So I grew up seeing men like this and taking this for granted. I was like, this is how men around the world should be and are. So I'm like, yeah, this is good. Like I, I wasn't even saying this is good. This is normal. Right. 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 So when I wrote, I was like, okay, so now if somebody harasses me maybe or says something or probably more I know a lot of men are just gonna walk away
1: yeah and And not not just men everyone yeah and that's the scary part that
0: was scary yeah and I remember once I realized that when I was like living abroad it was a very scary moment yeah because as I told you I took that for granted and I thought yeah all men around the world are like that so i was like oh yeah that's i should be fine yeah but then once you realize like lots of people would just walk away then when you come back ho- here in jordan you feel ah like probably i will app- start appreciating men more <laughs> right and our culture more and i yeah. started to really not take that for granted so if a man helps me whether i know them or not i'm always very very thankful right. and they always feel like oh she's so strange <laughs> She's like she's weird. <laughs> she's saying thank you for because we paid like her tea or something or because like we uh, because a lot of it happens a lot as a tour guide so i would be abroad, like uh, not a bro like i would be in the south away from family of course with my group and then sometimes we have like we have dinner together um mm-hmm. as like tour guides so like it would be like a bunch of us and they always insist on like sending us back okay. to where we're staying w- okay wherever like wow even okay. though it's not like on their way back or whatever it's always like Because when I like I go out, we arrange like a place like we would say, oh, like, let's have a conversation together and chat and probably eat something. So when I leave, whether it's a hotel or my uh, an apartment, whatever I'm staying, it would be like still not dark. And I would just walk around Mm -hmm. and find my way. But like probably it's darker when we finish. And Mm -hmm. I know like I wouldn't even have to worry about going back. Right. Um, Right. It happens sometimes if I eating alone and I would go back alone. I would not be scared, of right. course. But I know that if I'm with people, they would make sure, all the men would make sure to send us all the females back exactly where we're staying. It's a must for them. I'm like, oh, this is so nice. Thank you so much. And right. they're like, this is normal. Like, this is how, yeah. you, do yeah. you know. Yeah. So like, yeah. I, yeah, I really appreciate that. 100%. Yeah.
1: I think kind of like go, leaning back on that point, which is so interesting, because in the beginning for me, it was hard to accept that. You know what I mean? To kind of like not feeling the need. Because how, for me, it functions mostly in Germany, at least, is that you do a favor for someone. Because, you know, driving someone home safe in the night, even if it's out of your way, is a favor. So-called, quote-unquote. At least perceived in Germany. And if somebody does a favor for you, either you have to pay them back somehow in some other way, or there's always like an exchange happening. Whereas here, I feel like mostly... At least for me so far, it's one way. And I'm like, what am I doing? (laughs) Like, what am I doing, first of all, to deserve this? And second of all, how can I repay you because I feel so guilty of accepting these kind of offers and this kind of going a million times out of your way just to make me feel more comfortable or safe or whatever? At the same time, though, and I had this with friends also who kind of feel this more intensely. Okay, we come from a very individualistic society. So the individual matters, and that represents itself like on all levels. So basically, family is a priority, but not as much as here, for sure, not. And kind of your career, your walk of life is like basically focus on yourself, focus on yourself. That's kind of what's been pushed into ourselves. Like with women and men, not quite equally, I would say, but pretty much on the same lane maybe a bit you know women still a bit more behind and here it's like it's the individualistic approach is so not kind of on the top of the priority list and to be kind of in the hands of a man sometimes feels intimidating for some people who come from like Germany I would say because it feels like yeah oh my God you' you're taking away my rights like I'm I'm a strong independent woman like you know one could say and um, why are you making decisions for me and I think to kind of lean back a bit and then kind of letting things happen and say okay like I'm here as a foreigner in this space so might as well just like take a step back and learn from that like what what is the lesson here actually you know and of course always double checking okay do I feel comfortable with this and if so and if not, how can I communicate that with the other person? Is there any way to kind of find a compromise at some point? And if not, kind of like, or if it's not like that, maybe just like leaning back and say, okay, let's enjoy this for the time being, right? Because for me, I know, and that's also like a huge privilege thing to say, is that I'm here for a set amount of time, you know? I kind of, that gives the opportunity to kind of enjoy it for the time being. And then learning the lessons and soaking it all up. That's at least for me what I love to do in those kind of moments of like, okay, like, let's just take a step back and enjoy.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's whether it's traveling abroad or living abroad, it's always necessary to sort of accept the culture the way it is. It's kind of weird to go and say, oh, let me just change the whole culture or let the people around me. Uh, Yeah.
1: I it think would, that would be a huge issue.
0: Yeah, it would be actually sometimes disrespectful. Yeah. So, like, I've done it, like, so many times, especially after coming from years of living outside Jordan. Mm-hmm. And I would be like, oh, you don't have to send me back home or something. And they would feel like, oh, like, do you not trust me? Or, like, sometimes they would feel offended. <gasps>
1: Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, like,
0: and I learned to kind of, like, okay, I don't, I don't want to. I am an instructor, like, I am an independent woman who wouldn't need this right back but i will let you do it because that's how you are gonna feel respected like okay interesting yeah. right
1: okay that's so this that's is, a new point yeah. yeah okay
0: so like i stopped changing the people around me and also like started to just accept people the way they are and just accept how people are like how people function right. around here right like right. it's fine this is how they want to do things and I'll just enjoy the ride the way it is. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it's fine. Like, if I live abroad another time, I'll also not tell the men around me that they should send me back home because it's safer. And that's how my men, like, how men in my country do it. Do you know what I mean? So, just this is also very important to women who are planning to come to Jordan. Don't fight the culture, just accept things, accept things the way they are. And it's also another, it's like interesting to see another perspective, another. A lifestyle that is going on here in Jordan. It's Definitely. really important to sort of see this lifestyle mm-hmm. because otherwise the world would be very boring if we are a copy of each other.
1: Right. You know, if we right. are, Definitely. do,
0: if we do things exactly the same way, that's going to be a very boring world. I wouldn't want to see it. I would be Me like, neither. okay, I'll just, I'll just stay in Jordan and not travel. But this is also very important for people to come here and actually see the culture the way it is, accept it the way it is, you know, take it all in. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And having less resistance, right? Yeah. Against it. Yeah. yeah. Because there's so much, so much to see and so much to learn. And I think that's one thing that I would advise to anyone who has just like the tiniest tingling urge and the tiniest interest of just like, just come here. Like literally just come here and experience it for yourself because there's so much to see. There's so much to learn. There's so many people to meet. And that's one thing that I appreciate about living here so much. It's like you see the person once, you go there to the shop twice, and the person immediately recognizes you and just like, hi, how are you today? And it's like a question that I don't get asked in Germany, never. And I've lived in the same place my whole childhood. And I live like literally five minutes away from a supermarket. And the people who work there, they've been working there since my birth. So they know me. They have grown up with me. And I've been going there like every second day, you know, like it's, it's a joke. And they don't say, hi, Elena, how are you? They just take my items. And then they say, maybe if it's near weekend, they say, have a good weekend. And that's it. <laughs> and that's kind of the hospitality, not even just like that, but like on the streets, even, it's just overwhelming sometimes. Like, sometimes I have to plan a bit more time ahead because I might be running over someone that, you know, wants to have like a short conversation with me. And it's just heartwarming. Even if like, I don't speak a lot of Arabic, but just like the being able to say, hi, how are you? Thank you very much. Is like best kind of basic tools to have in your pocket and to have that kind of basic interaction because even just like, looking people in the eye, there's so much to see and so much to learn. So those kind of little moments during my day are actually my highlights, to be honest.
0: Oh, that's so beautiful. It's very beautiful to hear you say that because it's funny how you have to plan extra time because it, you know, people are not going to say, oh yeah, she's busy. I'm going to have a comment. I'm going to ask how she's doing and if right. she needs something. It's funny how people keep asking me, "Do do you need anything? Like, it happens a lot in my in the community I work with. So like the tour guides okay. I know as well. Okay. So sometimes even if it's just a phone call, yeah. They're like asking house things and just to ask they always before they hang up, they're like, Do you need anything? Oh <gasps> wow. Yeah. Is, wow. The, is there something? And it's not could... an
1: open question, right? Like if, if you would need something, they would jump. That's something I don't think like if I would ask somebody for a favor out of nowhere, I I don't know. I it would I would feel weird, you know? Especially in a context in Germany. I mean, with close friends, it's a different thing, obviously. But you have to get to the point where you are close friends, right? And that's a process in and of itself. And here it's like, I just met you and I I already love you, you know?
0: <laughs> it's yeah. Like- no, it, it it's very common in Jordan to become friends really quickly. Yeah. And actually, nobody's going to say, oh, she keeps asking me favors, especially as a female. You're like, you're fine. You have limitless, you know, amount of favors to ask. And it's as funny as you said, like nobody's expecting anything back. Like I have people, like I have friends and like sometimes not even that close. Right. And they would do me a favor and like over and over and over again. And I know there's no way I would pay back because all of my knowledge and all of my powers, they don't even need any of. Of those, do you know what I mean? So like, I know like in my ability to help them, they don't need that help, right? So like, okay, I speak Mandarin. I'm very fluent in Mandarin. Maybe that's also very something they might need help because like, oh, nobody, not a lot of people have that. So sometimes, sometimes I get a phone call saying, oh, I have a client here who speaks Mandarin. Can you help me with? And that would be the only time I'm like, yes, finally, I can help you. Somebody asked (laughs) me. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Because the rest, any other thing. Like, yeah. I know they probably already know how to do it or something or know people right? Who, so like, it's very funny how sometimes I'm able to help, but so many times I have no way to pay back. And they're so super cool with it. I remember once forgetting my charger in the hotel I stayed in, in Petra, okay. in Wadi Musa. And I needed someone to send it to another hotel where another tour guide is staying and then he can bring it to me, to Wadi Rum. Okay. So, It's funny because I used to have this, like I was friends with one of the people in the visitor center, Mm -hmm. but I have a very horrible memory. So I thought his name was somebody else and I rang that somebody else thinking it was him because I know we were like very close. So he definitely would just find somebody because he was from there. It would be very easy for him to send a car, send it to another hotel, done. Right. But I rang the other person thinking it was him. And the other person was just a, a guy in a re- who owned a restaurant and I had met once and he just told me, oh, save my number in case if you need anything. And that's always happens with female tour guides or tour guides in general, save right. my number, anything. So I had called the other person thinking it was him and the other person barely remembered me. I was like, hi, uh, I'm Lena." He's like, who's Lena?" I was like, oh, the female tour guide. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember you. I was like, uh, I need help. Send my charger. Yeah, yeah, sure thinking all the time, thinking it was the guy. It was the, the guy from the visitor center. And he's oh done that. God. He's like, he sent immediately. Uh, I had woken him up. It was like around nine o'clock. And he sent somebody to, I don't know if it was him or somebody, took the charger, sent it to another hotel. No way. And I, and when I discovered that is the wrong guy, and I had called in someone, like I had called someone who I only saw once, and he was will, very willing to help. I was, like, really embarrassed. I was like, oh, thank you so much. You didn't have to do it. You barely knew me. He's like, don't be silly. That's really, that's nothing. And I was like, okay, this is so nice. Wow.
1: But, yeah. Wow, that's beautiful. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's a, wow, that's a perfect example of kind
0: of, like, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. How men function here. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. And also, like, it's just, like, in general, like, happy to help, you know? I think that the happiness part of that aspect of, you know, being helpful is so important. Because I I really feel that kind of like I'm asking for help in Germany, you know. It's like, oh, okay, I don't know if I have time. Okay, maybe we can meet for coffee. Okay, when do we have time? And it's like, you know, it's I, I don't want to kind of like disgrace Germany or whatever. Right, it's yeah, yeah. like, you know, it's, it's it makes some things in life just harder, you know. And I'm a person who very much lives in the moment. And I don't like sometimes it, I'm... I love having a plan and I love being organized, but at the same time, I'm very bad at it because I love being a spontaneous person and just saying yes, most of the time, to people and to to opportunities that just like magically just pop up during the week, during the day. I try to kind of drag that with me to Germany, and have that kind of attitude also of like being very like you know a bit loose on on some ends, but still knowing okay, I have this and this and that to do, which i need to schedule my time for but and then sometimes i kind of like you clash you know with people who are not like that and have very much organized in in terms of that and sometimes it puts me into a difficult position where i have to kind of like say oh sorry i had something else planned i'm sorry about that but like let's meet another time because you're organized just just give me any date
0: (laughs) (laughs) you know and i'll i'll make sure i show up this time (laughs) This is funny, yeah this is funny. This is a very Jordanian way to live as well. One of the questions I had in mind was I feel the media doesn't do just of the people here in Jordan so like yeah. it's always showing how men are so scary and how Jordan is not safe for women and how women are so oppressed. <gasps> um. Wow. Yeah and it's funny how lots of people say like before coming to Jordan they're always like wondering as a female, should I go or is it going to be not safe? Because right. I know men are so scary and probably think the females there have no voices and are not heard and oppressed.
1: Mm. Mm. Which is which is so untrue, right? And I got like, also like a friend of mine got questions of like, oh, when you go to Jordan, do you have to wear like a headscarf? Yeah. Yeah. And she was like, no. Like, this is also like a free country. There are so many people there living also who, I mean are are just free to be themselves. And I mean, I think, like, honestly, you're like, look at you, you know, you're doing your own thing and you're you're amazing and doing at it and just going for it, you know. And I'm sure it's harder being a woman than being a man in this field and in, in this industry, for sure. But I mean, also at the same point, I think some, like most of the men also underestimate our power, right? Yeah, and sure. I don't know, there, there was this funny thing in Wadi where... Nael kind of the one owning the camp, said like, I mean, yeah, okay. In work, like at least in our culture, in our kind of you know upbringing, the men do the work. But at the house, we have nothing to say. Like the women are the governments, you know. Like they rule around and they say what we have to do and what we don't have to do yeah. and what we. And it's they have the pants on there, and if we say something against them, Yani. I don't know what will happen. I think I will be kicked out of the house. Yeah. And that's the thing, you know, I think, I mean, yes, of course you can criticize having set roles and kind of like, you know, having people to fit into certain kind of, I don't know how to say, kind of like, um, categories, categories, maybe exactly. But it also makes things clearer at some point, yeah. right? Yeah. And knowing your space, knowing where to be at, at some certain point, gives you a sense of comfort. And a trust that kind of things will work out the way they're supposed to, maybe, which is not something I would necessarily criticize at all whatsoever, because a sense of security and a sense of well-being and a sense of safety is innately within every human being, I believe. And um, if that provides for it, then so be
0: it. Again, it's accepting the culture the way it is. This is also very important as a female tour guide. So it was also a, a way for me to navigate through Jordan and see how different the cities are, Mm -hmm. the the lifestyle of the cities. Mm -hmm. I grew up in Amman. Mm -hmm. I have, I lived abroad. Uh, I have interacted with lots of men and lots of women as well. And of course, as a female tour guide, at the beginning, I was, probably I didn't have the right circle because Mm -hmm. I didn't know anybody. And I had lots of conversations with the wrong people as a Mm start. So I would be, on the bus. Before I was a tour guide, I was a translator for tour guides who didn't speak Chinese. Okay. So I would be the Chinese translator, an English tour guide, English speaking tour guide. And that was like the beginning of how I started to, not, to to find my way into this career. And so many tour guides, whether it was the tour guide I was translating for or just a random tour guide from the street who would see me and go like, oh, I don't encourage females to do such job. I would never allow my daughter to to do this. Mm -hmm. And so many conversations were like, I didn't even ask your question. Like, I didn't ask your opinion. Right. But they're there to say it anyway. And that kind of gave me like, I took so many steps back. I was like, Mm. probably this is not the right career for me because like how many people are so against it? And... If I'm going to be in a place where I'm fighting all the people around me, I wouldn't want to be there because mm-hmm. it would just be very, very stressful. But I just gradually, like, very grateful to the very great men who were super supportive. Another, like, tour guides, for example, Sammy, who is a Chinese-speaking tour guide and he was like very supportive from the beginning Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it's funny how it happens sometimes when you're like in a random like in a place where your group like I remember when we were on on one of the rest stops in the desert highway right and the owner approached and he was like he didn't introduce himself he didn't say he was the ex-chairman of the tour guide organization he didn't say anything and that's shout out to you Hassan Ababne and so he came and he was like what do you do? And I'm like, I'm a translator. I speak Chinese, and I was like, very afraid that he's gonna say, oh, like, oh, t- female student, uh, sh- you know, shouldn't right. be do- doing this right. job. And he was like, so why don't you have the the license for the tour guide? And I said, I didn't apply yet. I'm still thinking. Oh, no, you're going to go apply today. Are you going back to Amman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go today to the ministry and wow. apply and become a Tory guide now. I was like, okay, this is nice. And then he was, of course, since then, until now, the mo- like he was super supportive. Yeah. And then gradually, of course, I met amazing people throughout the way. And now I know, like, oh, I just don't want to speak to those guys. Yeah. And I know, like, yeah. I'm also using this privilege, like, oh, I'm a female. Give me a ride home. Yeah. And like, oh. It's also like I'm always invited to food. Like I, would, I never pay for dinner. <laughs> I never pay for lunch or dinner sometimes if there's anybody who knows. So it happens once when I was like ordering coffee in the morning in Aqaba. I had nobody around me. I didn't have anyone. I was like alone, g- grabbing my coffee and about to go to meet my group. Right. And all of a sudden, a guy like a, a Tory guide, approached. Amen. Shout out to you. And he like crossed the street, told the guy not to take the money for my coffee and that he's going to pay for it and just like paid and then went to his group. No way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like, I'm just enjoying the privilege of being a female tour guide around the amazing men who are actually, actually supportive and actually yep. helpful yep. and make sure that you are safe and protected and very wealthy all the time that you don't have to pay any anything, even your coffee. So it's just like... I'm using this privilege so much. I'm enjoying it so much in my career. So I think this is also the way Jordanians navigate. You get, sometimes you might hear stuff that you don't like. Of course. From the immature men. Yeah. um, Or probably not very, I don't know how to call them. It's like probably immature because they don't really represent the actual culture. I
1: agree. I think it doesn't matter where you go. You always have these kind of encounters right anywhere and um, anywhere yes so I think it's just about getting used to that and kind of like saying okay you know I'm better off without you yeah kind of and just like I see you I recognize you but I don't take this for my own sake or like or personally whatsoever yeah that's but beautiful. well done you for kind of persevering and kind of not listening to those voices and and taking the chance when you, when you were able to take it. Yeah.
0: I think it was interesting how it started. It was like, started very scary. I remember like lots of tour guides and just saying their opinion. It was like really difficult, but I'm very pleased. I continued. I really love my job. I enjoy Mm -hmm. every part of it. And you know, I, I don't regret um, continuing, but probably the beginning was very, very difficult. Like I had so many voices and doubts in my head, like, ah, probably maybe yeah. this is not the best yeah. job but yeah. yeah so let's discuss about clothes mm-hmm. I always advise my groups to sort of look around I always ask them like to open the curtains of the bus because sometimes they would be like oh, I'm just gonna chill in the bus I'm like <gasps> no open the curtains oh my god look That's around amazing yes thank you for doing that <laughs> because
1: it also is something that is bothering me if I don't imagine sitting <laughs> in the bus and everything is closed I'm like no like so claustrophobic like I have yeah. to
0: look out and see what's yes. what's going on outside right yes yeah I always do that and I always like to see them comparing cities mm. so probably mm-hmm. in Amman people should I always advise them so if we're going to downtown to have a walk in downtown mm-hmm. always dress modestly like don't wear very short skirts yeah even if it's like super hot yeah Especially as females, I yeah. always warn my people. And even the males probably shorts shouldn't be super shorts as yeah. well here in Jordan. Yeah. So it depends on the place. I'm always like, okay, beware that in Amman, although it's a very open city yeah but it's funny how I did talk about Amman in one of the episodes how it contradicts itself like it's very 100% I agree (laughs) yeah I agree it's like there are like so many places that are super open-minded and like so many places that are very very traditional yeah and probably downtown, I would say, although lots of tourists go there, it's very traditional. Mm-hmm. So I always advise them to not dress very short skirts. Probably in Luebde is like more fine, yeah. I'm assuming. Yeah. So it's always yeah. like to look around and compare and see how people are dressing and also keep that in mind when you're visiting. But like, say, in, in Petra or even Wadi or even Aqaba, mm-hmm. so that's down south. Mm-hmm. I'm always like, oh, yeah, wear whatever you want. You are free to, you know, if it if it's hot and you want to have a long hike in Petra and you want to wear something like uh, lightweight short, or like short, yeah, yeah, it's fine. So they also have this in mind, or you're fine with, you're comfortable with whatever you wear.
1: I mean, for me, kind of changing. My clothes set wasn't necessarily like a big thing. Of course, I thought beforehand coming here. Okay, what is appropriate? What will I wear more often? What is something that I don't have to think about if I can wear this or not? But in generally, also in Germany, I really wear like really tight, like really short shorts or like tank tops. I'm I i do not feel comfortable in that. Also, a person who just like seeing people who have clothes on. I think pe- like I don't know. It's I think for me it's it's more attractive, yeah. honestly. And that's kind of also like something that I grew up with my mom. So for me, it wasn't kind of like this shift. But I know, I don't know if if I may say this on the podcast. But like for example, like in Germany, most people don't wear bras anymore. Let's say for example, and just like roam around. And I gotten used to that as well. And then coming back here was like, ah, okay, I need to remember that because that's important for my own comfort. Also, you know, because in Germany, it's people have gotten used to that, and here it's like, okay, not for my own comfort also. I don't want to make anyone else uncomfortable, also, um, out of respect, and um, that was actually one of the first things that I learned also in Lebanon. My ex-boyfriend told me, like, please, you know, like, dress up because it's appropriate. It's you shouldn't, especially, you know, he him being the man again in the in the in the situation. Like, I don't want you anyone to look be looked <laughs> yeah. at, you know, yeah, uh, yeah which yeah. is fair, you know, fair enough, and of course, like. If it's v- a very hot day and I'm wearing like a tank top at the house, Adi, no problem. Adi, no, no problem whatsoever. But as soon as I step out of the house, I at least just like take over a blouse. It's something lightweight, you know, or like a shawl or whatever. But that's something that I think, at least in my kind of group of friends that have come here also from abroad, was like, of course, like there's no issue about that, and yeah. actually, like we already feel that way in Germany as well. Okay.
0: So, yeah. Just, yeah, beware, don't Definitely. wear yeah. very short shorts in downtown, but you're fine in Petra. Always, like, make sure the environment around you is suitable. Yeah, And, you know, just sort of, as, as we said, accept the culture the way it is. You know, exactly. don't try to change it and say, oh, I'm going to wear whatever I want. Because you will be safe. Nobody's going to say, okay, of course not. I'm going to touch you or something. Yeah. But at the same time, you might get lots of uncomfortable looks that's or probably what, yeah. some immature. Those immature men are gonna shout. More, they more. will be
1: more, more louder. Of <laughs> yes. course, I think so too. And I think, yeah. I think for me, I don't know. I think it's not, then about again, kind of like the maturity of the person. Of like, okay, you don't have to wear your sexiest strapless kind of short dress to go through downtown.
0: No. Like, no,
1: it's so unnecessary. Yeah. you know, you're traveling. You're trying to explore the country, and for me, I think if you're traveling, there's a certain amount of respect you have to pay. Yeah. And that's the least that you can do.
0: But if you want to wear that in Wadi Rum and get a photo session for example. Sure. <laughs> that's the place to do that. Of at. course. Of course. <laughs> with lots of beautiful views around yes. you. Yes. 100%. It's, it's really amazing. Yeah. Worth it. Okay, so I have two quick questions to go, which is what's your favorite part of living in Jordan and what's your least favorite part? <laughs> um, wow, okay.
1: <laughs> um
0: favorite part
1: I'm going to say it's it's the people, 100%. Of course, also like the people, but like the people are like, you know, the core of everything, especially for me here. And then kind of the culture, the food, and also like kind of, for me, I was, first time I came here, I was surprised also by the diversity this country has. So in the north, you have the beautiful mountains with the woods and Ajlu and and the beautiful kind of Romic and Phoenician kind of ruins. And then... You have Amman, which is kind of like this big megalomaniac city, which is mesmerizing because at some point when you're standing on top of a mountain, the horizon is built by buildings, which is like <laughs> a concept that was completely new to me. And then in the east, you have kind of also desert, but it's kind of different than the south. And then the more you move into the south, it's just like it's so diverse. And that's what I really love about that. It's just And it takes not that long. It's like a two, three hour drive and you feel like you're in a completely different world, on a different planet, quite literally, and I think that's so amazing about it.
0: That's why you keep going to Wadi Rum. Exactly. Like
1: I'm, I'm, like I've been here like what two and a half months, and I've been already there five times.
0: So <laughs> she keeps <laughs> driving. Like it's so funny how every weekend she's like, "I'm in Wadi Rum again. <laughs> I'll be back soon."
1: <laughs> I just, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes, I mean, I love the city because it has everything. It's you know. But sometimes it just gets so loud and noisy that it just, I just I need to escape. And the desert is just like pure serenity, pure tranquility. And it's just peaceful and quiet. And I mean, also like the people there are like family now. So, I mean, that's also part yeah. of part of the reason why I'm giving back That's there. where
0: I met you. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it was beautiful how we were just like, oh hi, and she was like, oh I also live in Amman. I was like, come come to the podcast, and she's like, yeah, why not? But it's funny how like I oh, I rented a car. I'm in Wadiram again. Yes, <laughs> three three hours and a a bit more to get to Wadiram but yeah. it's, it's it's one of my favorite things about Jordan. It's like it's super diverse and it's super tiny. Like yeah, I don't have to drive six seven eight no. hours whatsoever. No. Yeah. Yeah, or take a flight somewhere. Yeah, 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 exactly. Or a train of, like, 24 hours to get somewhere. No, you can just, like, drive a a few hours and you're in a completely different view around you. Yeah. Different, even food, different accent and people. And, yeah. Just completely different environment. So the kind of least
1: favorite part, I would say, hmm, that's hard. I think for me, honestly, what makes me sad here the most is kind of the discrepancy between how expensive things are here and how the basic income of people doesn't measure up to anything of that and how people have to take on so many jobs like almost all the taxi drivers they just are taxi drivers because they have to because they have children at home that I have to feed to put bread on the table even though they are having another full-time job at some point. And that makes me really, really sad because I feel like there's so much potential and the people are educated. They go to, they have gone to university, they've done everything that they have to do, but they just either can't just find the right job or they're so underpaid. And that unfortunately reflects also on some of the moods of the people, the frustration. And of course, depression kicks in if, you know, you feel that you're undervalued and not seen and basically from the outside in being portrayed as worthless, you know, and that makes me really, really sad. Sarah.
0: And you're right about this. And that's the reason why lots of men choose to live abroad. Yeah. And work abroad. So we have 75% of the people who are abroad are actually in the Gulf countries in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. And the rest are in Europe and America and yeah. the US. And they just work abroad for years and years to be able to buy a house say or you know have a decent life for their family and i think this this goes to so many reasons and it's one of the topics i wanted to expand on one of the podcasts it's like a circle of of so many things happening Mm -hmm. so like People study measures that are not necessarily the best, the most wanted one, mm-hmm. and they not necessarily want that measure, but probably it's the pressure from the society. Right. Oh, become a doctor oh, an engineer of whatever kind. Yeah. These two measures are the best, like most reputed, gives you the best reputation. Interesting. Okay. But maybe not the best job. So this is the circle and then probably not be able to find a job. And then you would go abroad. And even in recently the Gulf countries, they don't necessarily pay as much as they used to probably. Back in the day, maybe. 10 years ago or something. And that is like the whole circle. And also how men feel they should be the only person who provides for the family. Right. It's also that pressure. Yeah. They feel that pressure. But they would not say, oh, let's do it together. Or maybe it it happens. Lots of people I know wouldn't want their their wife for example to work yeah and that also it gives them pressure but at the same time they could do so much with her with her help yeah you know it's like a circle of so many things i will i really need to expand it on one of the episodes because it's long but you're so right like so many uber and kareem kareem is another application similar similar to uber but it's like in so many arabic arabic countries so kareem and uber drivers most of them are like engineers most of them yeah wow yeah so like they're super educated they're super respectful they're amazing i always have like amazing conversations with them same here yeah same here in all of the yes but most of them are like engineers who couldn't find a job Yeah. Yeah. yeah just as simple as that yeah and it is really sad as you as you said so i am always visioning a more perfect i know no there's no country that's really perfect but i'm being a Jordanian, I'm like, I want to push it to more perfection. And that's definitely one of the visions, like I really wish that everybody's paid as much as they deserve and also are able to provide for their families without the huge pressure of doing two or three jobs at the same time to just have a decent life. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. you're so right. This is definitely one of the things I think of as a, as a tour guide and as a Jordanian. Thank you so much.
1: Thank this you, has Lina. been
0: a very, very beautiful podcast. Hopefully, for for those who are listening, it's also useful. Um, hopefully, hope so they can make so much from it. It would convince females who are, you know, planning their trip or planning to come here, yeah, so that they're not afraid and they can just take that step. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you. That's it for today's episode. Hope you enjoyed it as much as I did while creating it. I'm making a first ever writing and traveling retreat in January. We'll have writing sessions and traveling to the northern parts of Jordan. Sign up for the retreat because the seats are limited to five. We'll stay in an old artisty house with two rooms with spectacular view and hiking trails. If this is something someone you know would be interested in, share the word. Or, if you're planning your trip to Jordan, don't hesitate to get in touch. So, if you have any question or you need a tour guide throughout, let me know. You can contact me through my website, jordansmosaic.com, or follow me on Instagram at Lena underscore Or just email me on lina at jordansmosaic.com. See you there. Salam.